from the man who wrote the book on human behavior. A special edition Richard Flint podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk human behavior. Richard Flint and let's talk human behavior. You know, the foundation of this program is all about my philosophy, behavior never lies. And it's my belief that the essence of truth is always defined by what one does rather than what they say. The contradiction between what one says and what they do is the creative confusion people face in their life. We have to realize this, words are words where behavior is definition. Now, you know what? Life happens. Sometimes what happens is our choice and other times life just happens. But whichever way it goes, life happens. When it happens, it creates thoughts and emotions. From those two, we define what it all means to our life. When we have a picture of what it means to our life, we create a visual definition with our words and our behaviors. These two form the definition to what your life is. And folks, you know, this new abnormal we're experiencing is not over. And even if it was, it wouldn't be over. The residue that has been created is going to be with us for a long time. The landscape of life has, and you know what? It will continue to change. We'll have a new set of emotional filters we will use to create our view of life. One of the things that I've always been interested in is what the change in the landscape means and does to people. Are they able to adapt? Are they willing to make the adjustments that are going to be demanded? How will it cause them to realign their purpose, their agenda, and their commitment to what they want to achieve? You know, and this is what I wanted to focus on in this episode of our time together. So I reached out to a gentleman that I've known for several years, whom I know has been through a lot of landscape changes in his life. What I love about Steve Sands is he's always landed on his feet. Now, now, hear me. He may have been bruised and scarred, but he's always risen from the ashes. So I asked Steve to join me today so we could share with you what it takes to rise from the ashes and to continue to look for it. I'm going to tell you, the rugs have been pulled out from under a lot of people right now, and they're laying in the ashes. And they're either going to stay there or they're going to get back up. So what I've asked Steve to do is to share with us some words, some thoughts, some concepts that bring him strength, calmness, and clarity. So welcome, Steve Sands. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Richard. Doing great. Good morning and afternoon. Yeah. And where are you in Indiana? I'm in north central Indiana, north of Indianapolis, 100 miles. Mm. out here in the farmlands and the weather today <laughs> started out 35 degrees but sunny and uh, hopeful 
and you've just come in from the fields where y'all are in planting season right now, right? Yes, we are running hard right now. So it's, it's good. Weather's been halfway decent, but just a little, little cool for the time of year. Yeah, we go back several years. So take a moment and first of all, tell the people how we met and the circumstances around our meeting. I'd owned convenience stores back in the early days and I'd met you at a marathon convention in Nashville, Tennessee at the Opryland Hotels. And that's where it all started. You had a program, a seminar on customer service. And it was a great program that Marathon had put together, showed up, went through the meeting. I said, I want all the material you have. So that was my first introduction to you back many years ago. I think when we were both dark haired. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were, we were a little younger than we are now. You know, your life has been through uh, the peaks and the valleys. And like I said earlier, one of the things that I have always appreciated about you is that you, you've landed on your feet. Uh, and, you know, it's not without scars and without bruises, uh, but you've landed on your feet. And so that uh, the listeners to our podcast here will understand what I'm talking about. Walk us through some of the peaks and valleys. Well, some of the, uh, to, to try to get an outline for everybody who's in the convenience store business for 20 years. And uh, back in the early days, the compliance with underground storage tanks and environmental issues that's where it all started. So that was some of the challenges in the early days that we had to bring the convenience stores into compliance with the EPA and underground storage tank regulations. So with three locations, I had a considerable responsibility and even from a financial side. So um, that was a challenge there to make sure that that communication between my fuel supplier and the lending institution, um, a lot of fear was created back then with underground storage tank and leakage. And um, we just didn't want to have any of those problems. But the financial responsibility that we had to show to make sure we were in compliance by a certain date in the early 90s. So the information that I'd received from you really helped the foundation and self-belief that I had that I could weather this storm and get through that process. So um, there was a lot of different, um, I'd say arrows that were coming at us that we could not control in that business environment. So, uh, we had to trust a lot of different other people for the information that we were getting that, hey, we had these uh, regulations covered. We had all the paperwork done and in compliance. And somebody else said, well, yes, we're going to give you the check mark. Your facility and your site is in compliance. We'll let you go ahead and operate. And when you have gasoline and convenience items, um, that gasoline was 50% of our sales. Oh, you've been in stores that you've got to have gasoline to draw customers in. So that was really kind of the foundation of that, that early business model that we had. 
and from there? Well, we just kind of expanded on that concept and brought in conven uh, uh, Subway franchises into the convenience stores and then Noble Romans Pizza franchise to really offer that customer experience when they walked in. Uh, we really wanted to develop an experience for somebody that kept bringing the customer back. And what, you know, to be able to bring uh, the convenience store and then the other franchises in to that concept, but it's like, what was I really building from a customer base and were my employees, we had 50 employees at the time, were they following that whole concept in customer service? And I think that's what I appreciated about your information, how we really tied the whole program in and what you offered and why you were involved in my life. And um, it, it just really um, brought a um, really, a, what's the word I'm looking for here? The uh, a foundation to the whole, our whole meeting, a customer service and business. And when somebody come in and done business with us, they knew that they weren't just flying in and leaving money on the counter and leaving, they were getting the full treatment and building that customer trust and through customer service. So what happened with the convenience stores? Um, we were, um, goodness sakes, uh, <laughs> Um, well, to kind of tie, um, we were offered a, a, a buyout program for, for that. Um, I need to know where you want me to tie in the diversification that I had with another, my other brand with Boss Hog because I was involved in catering and other uh, uh, food prep that I was using the convenience stores as a distribution model for that brand, the Boss Hog brand. So I don't want to confuse too many people, but we, I, I, was, I was involved in more than just convenience stores and the franchises. Um, and, and, but we were, you know, eventually purchased and, and bought out. And from there arose from the ashes Boss Hog? Boss Hog uh, was, uh, yes, was the, uh, was the really, what else was I going to do now other than I was going to have the opportunity to build a brand that was really taken off. And Boss Hog then began to grow. Boss Hog did begin to grow. What we offered in that, um, in that brand, we had a line of pork jerky and, and, uh, beef jerky and seasoning and sauces and a, a line of, of uh, heat and serve through, uh, food products, barbecue products that I had um, to be able to offer um, customers and really diversify and offer something different that I fed back into the convenience store. So that was really how I balanced the two brands. Um, and I, you know, I've done that for a, for a long time, but I never really had a chance to focus on the Boss Hog concept because of what I was building with the convenience stores and the Subways and the uh, the Noble Romans Pizza. So it really had uh, really uh, two a, a two lane highway <laughs> that was that was running um, 
at times out of control, but yet um, uh, it ran in the same direction because I used both brands to kind of um, build off of each other. And so when uh, the convenience stores went away, Boss Hog took off. And then what happened with Boss Hog? Well, we had some buyers come in and say, hey, we want to help you take a uh, to this to the next level. I showed them the concept um, that, that we were building on. Um, we had a NASCAR division. We had a rodeo division. And we had product uh, going everywhere. And they said, hey, we've got an idea that we could really um, build this brand and help you with it and take it to the next level. And um, I believed in what they were saying and signed the papers and the way we went. And um, lo and behold, six months later, they, I mean, you hear these stories about every, every year that uh, when somebody buys somebody out, they, they walk me to the door and say, we don't need you here anymore. So what was your creation was now taken away from you. Yeah, it was, it was really difficult to understand uh, with papers signed, attorneys involved and saying, how in the world could this, this take place and something that I'd spent, you know, years and years of my life building and then people wouldn't honor what they had said they were going to do with me to build, to build the brand. Well, they just wanted me out of the way. They thought I could do better and um, there I sat with um, kind of empty-handed, a lot of emptiness. Yeah, well, you know, Steve, that I believe that life uh, is built on one of two foundations. And the foundation that we choose to build on is the foundation that directs our life. And throughout life, I think sometimes we struggle. Uh, there's the foundation of belief, trust, and faith. And then there's the foundation of doubt, worry, and uncertainty. And there had to be, because I know you're, I know you're a, a man of faith, um, but there had to be a time whenever your foundation was shaken. Um, and you probably had to go to and work your way through uh, the doubt, worry, and the uncertainty to get back to the belief, the trust, and the faith. It, that was probably the foundation that probably helped me through some really dark moments. Um, um, within all that, I had went through a went through a divorce also, so that kind of added a little bit more um, not only anxiety but frustration and um, really doubt that I had, it's like, what is, why, why is my world being destroyed here? What does God really, what direction does he want me to do? And uh, which way does he want me to go? So it, that, that quiet time was important to me. And it's like, I just sat down and I said, you know what, the total surrender. And I said, I, I just want to know which direction do you want me to go? It said, it's just you and me, big guy. That was it. And from the ashes, um, I, I ended up taking, a, the, the biggest thing was like, how in the world am I going to make some money uh, to survive, let alone the support I had to pay 
and um, the non-compete that was involved when they bought the businesses, it's like, well, I, I've got to be able to survive. So not only was I in contempt, but they had served me papers on the non-compete that I couldn't go back in the direction that I was in with the barbecue business and, and, and actually really creating an income for myself. So I violated all those principles and I, I went back out on the street corner and uh, started serving barbecue again. And uh, out of the ashes, we, I just, this name came to me, Big Boss Barbecue. And um, that's created uh, a lot of, um, a lot of neat paths and directions for me. So we just went back to what I knew I was capable of doing that was serving people a great product. And um, uh, so um, the, the, the challenges of the self-belief was, you know what, I gotta, I've got to survive. So I think today, even people saying, you know, there was, there's things that come at us that we should, you know, we don't know the direction of, of which way that we need to go, but that self-belief and self-trust and having that foundation of faith really, um, really gave me the trust in myself to be able to move forward. So the street corner is what? The street corner was just a way for me to get out and barbecue for people. Our, it's kind of, it just kind of makes me laugh. The something that I had done for a long time was the barbecue and the pulled pork and ribs and chicken and chops. So we serve all that on some grills fresh right in front of anybody. So anybody that shows up, we had a menu and here's our prices. And the next thing you know, one customer led into another and we've built quite a following and um, it's been very rewarding and just built and started now just an incredible business. Well, you told me what in the last, now how long have you been doing the street corner? Well, I've been, I've done the street corner for, for many, many years, but I started back up in 2008. So that's been what, 12 years now that we're yeah. at it. And um, what about when it snows? It doesn't matter. Every Saturday I am out on a street corner. I like to go back to the same spot. They've moved me three different times now in the last 12 years because of they've put buildings up on the place that I've, I've been there and, and uh, said, hey, we, we just can't have you here anymore. So I went to an empty lot and people started showing up. I put an ad in the paper, say I'm going to be here cooking from eight to four every Saturday. So that's been my life for the last 12 years. So I'll prep in the morning for the week on each menu item and then Saturday I'll load everything up and head head to the street corner and hope people show up and that they do so the support that I've gotten from the community has just been overwhelming and you said something about like in the last month your business has doubled the last month our business well last eight weeks we have uh, had eight weeks in a row of record sales and we have doubled business from actually our record, um, our record day, which was, um, you know, eight weeks ago. So we've doubled our business since then. And um, to line people up 30, 50 deep 
for four or five or six hours just to be able to serve them food, barbecue, pulled pork, chicken, chops, ribeyes, brisket. Um, it, it's a little overwhelming, but most of all, just thankful that I'm there to be able to serve people and uh, give them a great product. Well, you know, there's times that we're living in right now are, are challenging for a lot of people. And I think that there is a big battle out there going on within people um, between this foundation of doubt, worry, and uncertainty and this foundation of belief, trust, and faith. Because I think when you have doubt, you have skepticism. When you have worry, you have anxiety. And when you have uncertainty, you tend to procrastinate. But yet if I turn that over, when I have belief, I have calmness. When I have trust, I have clarity. And when I have faith, I have confidence. So what is it about Steve Sands that even though the rug has been pulled out from him on several occasions, and I've watched you go through a lot of this. What is it that allows you to land on your feet? Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing without a question is the self-trust, the belief that I have in myself, Richard. Um, when you look around, when everybody is abandoning you, and you're, you're sitting there by yourself. And it's like, okay, am I going to get up and do something or I'm going to sit here and stare and be paralyzed? And the things that went through my mind was the amount of years that I've been with you. And I go, I cannot make him out to be a liar or any information that I've, I've listened to, all the books that I've let, read, all the seminars I've been to with you. And I was like, you know what? Somebody's right here. And it's like my mind had to be strong. And today, when I see out in the line, the uncertainty of people standing in the line that were certain, but I, you know, the uncertainty, but I, I know one thing, why they're there is the certainty of the strength that we have in our business model, that it shows here's something that we're going to gain strength from. And we know that Steve's going to be there. And when people look to you, are you strong enough to be able to say, you can depend on me? And let alone when you look in the mirror, can you depend on yourself? Just um, to have that strength that we have shown to people, like they look forward to coming to the street corner and say, you know what, I'm going to get a great product. I'm going to you know, a, a great energy from somebody that's going to, to, to believe in somebody. But so many times we don't have enough belief in ourselves to be able to, to be able to shove that belief in other people, but the encouragement that we need to have and to show people, but that inner strength, I think shows with the energy that you have uh, within yourself. But I, I think it's exciting to see, you know, some of the, the walls come down here with a little bit, uh, with people and but I think we got to start with ourselves and our strength there so if you were to share with people the words or the concepts or the beliefs that you think people need today because people are struggling I mean we 
you know, you and I were talking about the, uh, before we came on uh, to, to do this, about all of the mixed messages that are going on. Uh, the power of the unknown right now. The control that's been taken away from people. How they're living in a world where uh, once they could predict, but now it's become unpredictable. So, you know, again, you've risen from the ashes so many times. And if you were to give people some uh, Steve Sands wisdom about what they need to do, what would you tell them? What would you tell people today? A lot of people laugh at me. I told them, I said, shut the television off, shut your radio off. There's always somebody out there that believes enough in yourself or believes enough in you that if you don't believe in yourself and reach out, there's always somebody that's there that's there to help. Um, I just spend a lot of time in the word. Um, when you have challenging times like this, Richard, you have one hand that says, is this the unbelief? And I got one hand of belief. Let's say, which has got the most in it? Where do I get my balance from? Am I going to believe the unbelief or am I going to believe what I believe in myself to be able to pull through this? And um, who can help me? It's like, um, you know, there wasn't too many people with me on the journey. I can, I can count about, you're about one of the main guys that was with me on the journey. You, you got to have somebody that believes in you. Uh, if you don't have enough belief in your faith, somebody out there will get you the encouragement to say, hey, reach out. Um, there, there's help. Do you always believe that there is a helping hand beside you, but that sometimes we're so into the world of doubt, worry, and uncertainty, we can't see that helping hand? Well, yes. And I, I believe it. it's like, you know what, my quiet time is so important to me for the guidance and the strength that I need. And sometimes I'm spending a lot of time in quiet time to listen to the small voice, the still voice and saying, you know, I, that's just my foundation and who I am. Um, if somebody needs help with that, they can reach out with me. And it's like, you know, th there's times I've dealt with a little guilt when there's people that are suffering and have gone through some tough times and I've sit here, watched my business just explode. So, um, there's somebody that's out there somewhere that, that, that's helping you. But, uh, yeah, I, I just spend so much time in the word and just trusting the Holy spirit and what God has done for me and how he's leading me. Um, is stronger today than it's ever been. Um, that belief in myself uh, and saying, you know what? I really am not being selfish when I say, hey, I don't need anybody else other than my partner here, my spiritual partner. I was like, I, I trust. And I think those three words that I, my breath prayer, so many times a day, it's like, you know what, Jesus, I trust in you. Those are my three, three powerful words that I've said for, so long, many, 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 you know, for a long time. And that um, just gives me the self-confidence in saying, you know what, regardless of what happens, <laughs> we got to be thankful in everything. So I try to incorporate scripture and in, into my business model. So th that uh, when somebody sees the blessing that it's that I can be able to share that opportunity with them. It's pretty powerful. 
What would you say to someone who says, well, Steve, you're just lucky? Oh, my word. And I said, you know what? Well, if this is what luck's all about, why don't you um, study my foundation a little bit and we can share share the luck factor and uh, I'll help you. I'll help you get to that point. Um, I, I like to use the word when they say something like that, it's, it's the blessed factor. And I know there's a lot of people out there that's, that's suffering and are hurting, but um, they're just going to have to have to believe. And um, I never was a big, um, I never did like that word. So I'm quick to uh, correct their, 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 their language there a little bit. So. What about, yeah, because you've not always been a patient person. So what about learning patience through all this? Well, that was something that, you know, when you're, you've, you've really been a good teacher to me about um, the calm intensity. And when something is, is forced upon you that you have no control over, um, that sometimes forces you to slow down. And uh, with my, my personality profile, my whole baby profile is I need to slow down. I really have studied those words and, and um, the patience that I've had to realize with the environment that I walk out the door that, man, this is a whole new lifestyle that we've it's been thrown at us and i suppose that word has probably been i think well without a question is really tested my patience uh, because then then it moved into people aren't moving as quick as they can with closures you go into somewhere and it's closed the bank's closed and i go well you gotta you gotta do this now so it really test the person that you are so in, in my quiet time it's like you know what am i going to throw away all the teachings all my quiet time all the things that i've taught myself because of something that's been forced upon us so it's really been a um an interesting lesson to really focus in on some of those uh, values that are important to me so have have you had to adapt <laughs> Yeah, I, a, a lot, but sometimes um, um, I've just moved to a different position in my business. I've had a hard time finding products, so I said, you know what, I can go focus on this. I can work on this. I can get chicken done. I can get uh, ribeyes done if I don't have the tenderloins and the pork chops ready, So, or I can focus on sides. You guys may not be able to, you know, work in that area, but you've got things in your life that you can say, well, I, I can't make it to the bank, but I can go to the grocery store. I can't do this. So having that list of things to do that you got to be flexible so you can move from one item to the other. Cause I didn't want to waste any time. I didn't have time to waste. So I had to be able to you know some other um, word come in saying, well, I got to start being efficient now with, with my schedule. Cause it, it may not line up with Mondays, I do this, Tuesday, I do this, so I may have to rearrange the schedule. That, and then it just brought a different level of flexibility for me. And you know, and what I find today too, is not only do you have to adapt, but you've got to be, you've got to be willing to adjust. And adjust says, 
you know, adapting is realizing what I need to do. Adjusting is putting it into action. And so when I make adjustments, it means that I've got to, I've got to change some of the things, the way that I do some of the things. I found myself taking a lot of deep breaths and that flexibility and then my communications changed. Um, when you find yourself communicating to people and it's like, Hey, we got, we need to stay focused here. So some of the challenging words that were coming at me with my schedule is still coming around to that big word. Well, how much patience am I going to have with this person? Or am I going to destroy that relationship that I've had with this person for 10, 20 years just because of my inability to be flexible with some of the stuff that's been thrown on to us that were of no, um, you know, no choice of ours. So the, I called it pause and effect. So I took a pause and I go, what is the effect if I go this way, pause, what's the effect if I go this way? But at the end of the day, I was still getting my work done. I was still getting everything accomplished, but I was rearranging. I was playing checkers. I was playing chess and I was playing all these different games, but I had to make the journey fun or I was going to go crazy. And I was, you know, destroy not only myself in the process, but I still come back to my readings every day, your teachings. So I got this larger, larger picture that I was placing all these puzzles in. It's like, okay, what kind of chameleon can I be today? How many different colors do I have to be? So I made it kind of a fun game for myself that nobody else was playing, but I was still protecting the environment around me and the people, my family, my friends. Um, I, it was That was what was important to me. It was like, okay, now I moved into a different realm of, of thinking but it's still the, the, the patience, the frustration, the willingness to change, the flexibility. What was I, what was I becoming <laughs> in this eight weeks? Was I becoming a better person or was I becoming a tyrant? Do you think the experiences that you've had in rising from the ashes of the times that you've had to do it, if you, if you look back in, in ways has all of this prepared you for where you are today? Absolutely. No question about it. And I think we've had that conversation. You just never know what tomorrow is going to bring. Um, but the preparation for something great and to hold on to that word hope, that, that was something that's like, you know what? The journey has been incredible. And it's like, I've walked through the door. I've had challenges along the way, but the preparation is like, I was ready for this. We walked through, look at the success, look at the business model that we're doing. Um, but then again, it just, it, it was like, you know, what am I becoming through this? Uh, at the end of the day, when, when, it was all over and I was, <laughs> I was up to the day. It's like, what, what my reflection? And was I becoming the, the, the dad and the father and, you know, the businessman that, um, that I was proud of and really the foundation I was building my life on. 
was God pleased with my behavior for the day? Yeah, and how many conversations have you and I had to have um, <laughs> to sometimes get through your thick head? Uh, the three P's, pace, patience, and persistency. Well, my energy level and the way that I went, that was probably a frustration for you. Um, but there's things that were forced upon me that really brought those words uh, into fruition. It's like, you know what, you better listen and I think I've become a better listener through all this also. Um, but those words have been pounded on me. And I said, you know what? It's okay to let myself down at times. But I said, I cannot, let, <laughs> I cannot let my teacher down. And I really don't want to let God down. It's like, what am, I, what am I studying? What am I becoming? So those words have been so powerful and to, to bring that back into a focus and to remain calm, um, that pause and effect, that was something that um, really hit home with me th this time around. So if you could leave, last question to you, if you could leave the people who will listen to this with one message of hope based upon your experience of rising from the ashes, if you could give them one part of wisdom from you, what would you tell them? The self-belief in yourself. Um, when all said and done, um, somebody if 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 not self-belief somebody's going to have to believe enough in your in 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 you somewhere um but i think it really it really it really starts there um that in the in the self-love that we have to have for ourselves and standing and standing tall um that self-confidence the self-belief, the self-trust in yourself, because nobody else is going to do it for you. And until you believe in that enough to take the next step, um, th that's been it for me. Um, the, the, the little slogans, just do it. You know, it's like nobody else is going to do it for me. And it's like that, that probably, Richard, by far has been... Um, the the reason why we've moved forward in and um, having the, the results that we're having. Well, I want to thank you very much for the time that you spent today. And uh, I, I think there's a tremendous message here from Steve that, you know, life is going to happen. And sometimes we know it's going to happen. Sometimes we don't, but the reality is, life is going to happen and you have a choice. I can live in doubt, worry, and uncertainty, or I can live in belief, trust, and faith. And whichever one I choose will create the life that I have. Because if I live in doubt, worry, and uncertainty, the ashes will bury me.
But if I live in my belief, my trust, and my faith, I can rise above the ashes. And every time you rise above the ashes, you get up a better person. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Human Behavior. And I look forward to the next time that we have an opportunity to come together to talk. And Steve, thank you very, very much for spending your time today with us. Thank you. All right. We'll see you again on Let's Talk Human Behavior.